Woodland Church, this Friday we celebrate Good Friday, and it's good because we remember that Friday 2,000 years ago when the Son of God took upon himself all of our sin, shame, and guilt, all of our mistakes, and he shed his perfect, powerful, sinless blood to wash away all of our sins. It is a Good Friday, so we celebrate Good Friday. And then on that Sunday, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. When the Son of God defeated death, hell, and the grave, he rose again to assure that we have resurrection and eternal life. We celebrate Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. But I want to know, what about the Saturday sandwiched in between crucifixion and resurrection? Some have called it Holy Saturday. Most people don't call it anything. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about Good Friday. All the events of Good Friday really laid out in the Gospels. And the Bible has a lot to say about Resurrection Sunday. But the Bible has very little to say about that silent Saturday. And that's what I call it. Because Saturday was silent. Silent Saturday. And most Christ followers celebrate Good Friday. They celebrate Resurrection Sunday. But most Christ followers skip over remembering Silent Saturday. But in life, no one gets to skip over Silent Saturday. Silent Saturday is that season of in-between. Silent Saturday is that season between the struggle and the solution. Silent Saturday is the season in between the hurt and the healing. It's that season of in-between where you feel stuck, where you feel like you're making no progress, and we all have to go through that Silent Saturday, the season of in-between. On that Silent Saturday, the disciples had dispersed in despair because they thought their Silent Saturday would last forever. The one that put all their hopes in, the one they thought would be the Messiah, the one they thought would change the world, was now dead. And with them, all their hopes had died. They thought their Silent Saturday would last forever. Because when their silent Saturday hit, <clears throat> when that silent Saturday hit, they thought it was over. That silent Saturday made everything in their world go silent. The master's voice, that strong voice that had calmed the storm and caused demons to flee was now silenced. And they thought forever. The master's tender words that he had spoken over the hurting, over the broken, over the outcast was now silenced, and they thought forever. The master's teaching, which had come out of his mouth with an authority that no one had ever heard before, was now silenced, and they thought forever. They just didn't know. You see, they didn't know that that silent Saturday was just the day before Celebration Sunday. 
They didn't know on that silent Saturday that Celebration Sunday was just one sunrise away. They thought their silent Saturday would last forever. Their whole world had gone silent. But it was just the day before Celebration Sunday. It was just the day before Shouting Sunday. That silent Saturday was just the day before Singing Sunday would come. And that's the way it is in our lives. Silent Saturday hits, but we don't know that it's not going to last forever. It seems like on the silent Saturdays, those seasons of in-between where we're stuck and not going anywhere and where we can't hear from God, it seems like the heavens are silent, that God is silent. We don't know what God is up to in those silent Saturdays and we think they're gonna last forever. We just don't realize that Resurrection Sunday is just a sunrise away. It's just the silent Saturday, the season of in-between the season of in-between, the hurt and the healing. And God has to bring us to that season of in-between. God has to bring us to that place where we come to the end of ourselves so we can experience all of him. And I have to say that I don't like silent Saturdays. I don't like that season of in-between, but many times in my life, God has brought me to that place, that season of in-between, to prepare me for what's coming to prepare me for the season of blessing that's coming. And it's in the season of in-between that it really bothers me. I really struggle with it because it gets right to the core question that we all wanna know. Does God care? I mean, God, where are you? God, do you know what I'm going through? God, don't you care about the problems and the pain and the struggle in my marriage? Uh, God, don't you care about this debilitating depression I can't seem to get through? Uh, God, aren't you aware of this huge financial burden that I'm carrying? Don't you care about it? God, don't you care that my child is sick and having to go through treatments? God, don't you care? God, don't you care that I've been hurt so deeply that I wonder if I'll ever be able to get over this hurt? Why don't you do something about it? It's in those silent Saturdays that we get right down to the core question that we all really wanna know. God, don't you care about me? Don't you know what I'm going through? Are you even there? It's when the heavens are silent. It's when we don't know what God is up to, where we can't see what's really going on in the big picture and we think the silent Saturday is going to last forever, oh no. No, that silent Saturday is just the day before Celebration Sunday. It's just that shouting Sunday is one sunrise away and God is preparing us for that season of blessing. Well, in the silent Saturday, we have to prepare. And so that's what this series is all about. We're calling it Love is on the Way. We're wrapping it up today because we're preparing for Easter and it's going to be an amazing holy week this week, and God is up to something huge, Woodland Church. God is up to something huge, and it's, I can't predict a season of blessing, and I can't understand when the Holy Spirit moves and really moves. All I know to do is when the Holy Spirit moves is to ride the crest of that wave, 
to join him in what he's doing. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is moving and God is moving at Woodland Church in such a powerful way, moving to change lives, moving to heal, moving to save marriages and restore families. It's amazing what God is doing. God is moving to heal hearts and brokenness, to heal broken emotions and damaged relationships. God is moving like never before. And we've gotta prepare our hearts. See, it's God's job to bring the season of blessing. It's our job to prepare. You can't plan a season of blessing. We don't deserve a season of blessing. Only God can give it out of his mercy and grace. But he wants us to prepare. It's God's job to plan. It's our job to prepare. And one of the ways that God prepares us for a season of blessing, so we'll be able to recognize it when it comes, we'll be able to grasp it when it comes, we'll be able to give it away when it comes, is a silent Saturday. God always uses silent Saturdays. It's always been part of his plan. So how do we prepare for a season of blessing in our silent Saturdays? I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 23, and would you stand in honor of God's word? And I want to welcome all you guys worshiping with us through our satellite campuses and everyone worshiping with us through our broadcast and online ministry. I know thousands of you are connected with us, and we're all one church, but it's great to see all your faces here in the woodlands. And, um, you know, God is moving. God is up to something great. And if you're connected with us online, that's great. If that's what you're doing every week, stay connected with us online, wherever you are in the world. But if you're in the area, I hope you'll come to one of our campuses. Um, maybe you're in one of the vulnerable groups and you're not getting out right now. And, and I think that's wise. Stay connected with us. Uh, but if you're going to Walmart and everywhere else but not coming to church, then get down here, okay? Get your blessed assurance down here and, and, and come on in because uh, it, we need to be together. And it, it's an amazing thing that thousands upon thousands are meeting right now all together as one church, Woodlands Church. So just follow along with me and we'll start with Luke 23. And when the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw that Jesus was dead, they went home in deep sorrow. And then let's skip down to when Joseph of Arimathea takes his body. So he took down Jesus' body and wrapped it in a long linen cloth and laid it in a new unused tomb, hewn into the rock at the side of the hill. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation for the Sabbath. As the body was taken away, the women of Galilee followed and saw it carried into the tomb. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to embalm him, but by the time they were finished, it was the Sabbath. So they rested all that day as required by the Jewish law. Dear God, I know that even though there's so little written about what happened on that Saturday, it was so significant. Lord, so significant in the whole passion. And I know it's so significant in our lives. And sometimes, Lord, we skip over it but there's no way we can really skip over it because you allow us to go through those silent Saturdays because you want us to come to Resurrection Sunday. And I thank you for that. And I know there's so many listening to me right now, connected with us that are going through a silent Saturday, a season of in-between, in-between where they used to be and where they really wanna be and they feel like they'll never get there. But Lord, I pray today you would encourage them and you would let them know that you have a purpose, you have a plan, and no problem can stop your purpose. 
resurrection is on its way. And Celebration Sunday is just one sunrise away. And I thank you, Lord, that so many times you do your greatest miracles in our silent Saturdays. If we're ready and if we look to you. So help us do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Now, Jesus died on a Friday, which was always called the day of preparation for the Jews. On Friday, they always called it the day of preparation because on sunset on Friday night, the Sabbath started. And it went from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday night. That was the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath was a day of rest. And by law, they couldn't do any work. Uh, They couldn't do anything, so they had to hurriedly prepare on Friday to get ready for the Sabbath, starting on sundown Friday night. And they would hurry around getting everything done they needed to get done before they had to stop doing anything. They got ready for the Sabbath. They got ready. They did everything that they needed to get done that they hadn't gotten done, and so they would scurry around. They would hurry around getting ready. It was the day of preparation. Now, it's interesting to me that Friday was the day of preparation for the Jews, and Good Friday then was a day of preparation. But really, Silent Saturday was the day of preparation for the resurrection. Silent Saturday is that season of preparation for the season of blessing. Burial comes before blessing. Rest comes before resurrection. And so it was in that silent Saturday that God used to prepare his son for celebration Sunday. And it's in the season of in-between that gets us prepared for the season of blessing in our lives. Now, it's interesting, too, that this is about the only passage that talks about that Saturday. It says, but by the time they were finished, it was the Sabbath, so they rested all that day as required by the Jewish law. So that's what happened on the Sabbath. That's what happened on that silent Saturday. And that's what we have to do in our silent Saturdays. I want to give you four words today. You ought to go to your app and look at the sermon notes and hold on to that one. Maybe print it out. Rest is the first word, rest. It says some of the women who are Christ followers were rushing to prepare spices and ointment to prepare Jesus' body. And so they went home and they were hurrying as fast as they could because they wanted to prepare Jesus' body before sundown because they knew Sabbath would hit, but it was already getting too late and they were stopped in their tracks by the Sabbath. And it says that they rested all that day as required by the Jewish law. So they had to rest. I think that was a restless rest. I'm sure they didn't want to rest on that Sabbath, but they did anyway. They had to, and that was the law. I'm sure they wanted to do whatever they could do to honor Jesus, even though they were confused and they didn't understand why he had to die, and it seemed like their whole world had gone silent. They were at least trying to do what they could do They knew it wasn't much. They knew they couldn't fix the situation. They knew they couldn't raise him from the dead, but they were just trying to do what they could do, and all they could do while their hearts were broken and grieving was try to put the spices together to prepare his body to honor him. But they were stopped in their tracks. They couldn't even do that. And our silent Saturdays stop us in our tracks, and they bring us to the end of ourselves. Silent Saturdays 
are those seasons when you're just stopped, where you try to move forward, but you're stuck. There's barriers, and you have to stop and stop trying to fix everything. Stop trying to fix a situation that requires a resurrection. Stop trying to change another person that you can't change. Stop trying to control a situation that's uncontrollable, and you have to come to that place where you stop so that you can turn to the one who can bring the blessing. So what do you do in your silent Saturdays? You do what Jesus did in that first silent Saturday. You rest. You rest in your heavenly Father's purpose. Jesus rested in his heavenly Father's purpose. There's a promise from the Old Testament, an Old Testament prophecy promise that was quoted again in the book of Acts, verse 27. And it says, because you do not abandon my soul to the grave or allow your Holy One to decay. It was a promise for the Messiah. It was a promise from God the Father for Christ the Son. And so Jesus knew this promise. Jesus knew that his Father would not abandon him in the grave. Jesus knew that his Father would not leave him alone in the grave. And so he rested in his Father's promise. And when he died and he knew there would be that silent Saturday, he knew that his father would not leave him alone in the grave. And in your silent Saturdays, just know, God will not leave you alone in your silent Saturday. Silence doesn't mean his presence isn't with you. He's right there with you, whether you can sense it, whether you can feel him. The Bible says he's close to the brokenhearted. So if your heart is breaking today, he's closer to you than he's ever been. Whether you can feel him or not, whether you can hear him or not, whether you can see him or not, he's right there with you because he will never leave you or forsake you. If you're a Christ follower, wherever you go, there's no depths that you can go to that he will not be there with you. He will walk through hell with you and bring you out on the other side because he will never abandon you. His silence is not his absence. You can rest in his presence. Just rest in his presence. We get blindsided by our silent Saturdays. We just never see them coming. I mean, you go to work one day and you come home without a job at the end of the day. You plan a vacation one day, but by the end of the day, you've received a doctor's report and you wonder if you'll still be here when that vacation comes. You start the day full of hope, but then you discover your spouse has been unfaithful. And that betrayal just makes your whole life spin out of control. Everything is going smoothly, and then you get that one phone call and it knocks you to your knees and your whole world comes crashing down. You see, our silent Saturdays blindside us. We never see them coming. And that's the way it was with the disciples. They just never saw it coming. That silent Saturday where everything went silent, they were in shock. They were in deep grief. They were so surprised that Jesus died on that cross, that this is the way it ended. He was supposed to set up his kingdom here on this earth. That's what they thought. He was supposed to be the Messiah, and now he's dead and gone, and it's over. How can this be? 
And they were shocked, they were blindsided by it, but Jesus was not surprised by Silent Saturday. In fact, he tried to tell them, you destroy this temple in three days, it'll be raised again. I'm gonna rise again in three days. And they just didn't understand it. It just went over their heads. They couldn't comprehend it, but Jesus wasn't blindsided by that silent Saturday. He wasn't surprised by it. And know this, no matter what unexpectedly smashes into your life and blindsides you, God is not surprised by it. He was grieving for you before you even knew about it. God's not surprised by anything. He doesn't cause it. He doesn't cause the bad things, but he's not surprised by it. He knew all about it. He was hurting for you even before you experienced it. And he's the one writing your story, and guess what? He's not finished writing yet, and he will finish the story. It's so comforting to know that God is not surprised by anything that surprises us, that hits us out of the blue, that knocks us to our knees. He's not surprised by anything. He wasn't surprised by Silent Saturday, and he's not surprised by the Silent Saturdays in your life. He still has a plan, and it's part of his plan. He's allowed it for a reason, and he's gonna use it to prepare you for that season of blessing. And so what do you do? You do what Jesus did. You rest before resurrection. You rest before you can be blessed. You come to the place where you take all your restlessness, when God forces you to stop in that place of in-between, when there's nothing else you can do, you have to rest, and you rest in his purpose and in his plan. You rest because he knows what's best. Psalm 4610, God has brought me to so many times in my life. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Maybe you needed that today. Maybe you're running around and just so busy trying to hold everything together, thinking you're the general manager of the universe, trying to control the uncontrollable, trying to fix everything, trying to solve everything, trying to change everyone, and maybe you'll just stop today and rest. Be still because God says, I'm God and you're not. You can stop and the world's not gonna fall apart. You're not holding it all together You can stop worrying, you can stop being restless, you can stop running and you can just stop and rest in my purpose and my plan because I will fulfill it in your life. So first is rest. The second word I wanna give you is relinquish. On your silent Saturdays, you've gotta come to the place where you relinquish all your hopes and dreams. You just surrender it all to God, knowing that he knows what's best. Silent Saturday is the place where dreams die. Silent Saturday is the place where relationships die. Silent Saturday is the place where our plans die. It's the place where our hopes die. Sometimes God allows death to have its day so he can bring resurrection. Jesus shared this with the disciples, but they didn't really get it. In John 12, 24, He said, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus was predicting his death and resurrection. He was saying, I've gotta be crucified, but I've gotta die so that 
I could come back to life and produce many children, many Christ followers who will follow me. And so he's saying that that seed has to go into the ground and there in the depths of the earth, in the darkness, in the cold, it has to die so it can spring forth to life and produce and experience blessing and produce the harvest. And sometimes a dream has to die. Sometimes God will allow a dream to die where you have to come to the place where you go, God, it's over. I give it over to you because there's nothing to give to you. It's dead, it's gone. And then God takes it, takes the selfishness out of it and resurrects it and gives it back to you. So it's not a selfish dream anymore. It's not about you anymore. It's about God and it's about others. It's not about the American dream. It's about God's dream for your life. Sometimes a dream has to die so God can bring it back to life and it can be the dream that God has for your heart. Sometimes marriage has to die so that it wakes up a spouse who's unfaithful, going the wrong direction and doesn't see the consequences of their sin because it's the only hope that maybe it can be resurrected. Sometimes hope has to die. Sometimes our hope has to die so that we'll stop hoping in all those things that can change or be taken away and put our hope in the only one who never changes, the only one who is an anchor that can hold us when everything in life is falling apart. Sometimes death has to have its day so we can relinquish it all to God. So we can come to that place where not just resting, not just in our hearts, being at rest, knowing God's in control, but we just give it all to God, go, God, it's over, I give up. We have to come to the place where it's all God's, and then God can resurrect it and give it back to where it's what he wants for his glory. You know, the Jews didn't count days really the way we count days. You know, at midnight, it's the way we count days, those 24 hours from midnight to midnight, but the way they would do it, it would be from sunset to sunset. And they would also, if it was any part of a day, they would count it as a day. So that's why Jesus, who was crucified on Friday evening, and Jesus, who rose again at dawn on Sunday morning, um, he was in the tomb three days. And that's the way in the Jewish mindset in the first century, that's the way they looked at days. If it was any part of a day, it was a day. And so there was Friday, there was Sunday, that's two days, and then Saturday. So there was three days and three days in the tomb. But in our mindset, really Jesus was only in the tomb for one day. One full day. Jesus died on that Friday, but all Friday night and all day Saturday, Saturday night, he was dead. Death had its day. Death had its one day, and this is so important. It's not just that Jesus died, but that he was dead. Silent Saturday is really important. We miss the significance of it because 
he experienced death. Death had its one day. Death had its day, but God had the final say. Death had its one day so that Christ could defeat death for all eternity for all of us. Death had its day, but God Almighty has the final say. See, he defeated death. He experienced death. He experienced the grave so he could defeat the grave. This is so important to realize because Silent Saturdays are so important because they let us feel the full weight of our weakness, the full weight of the death, the full weight that we can't do anything about it, but then it lets us feel the full force of God's strength. It lets us feel the full force of God's power. Think about this. If God had raised Christ from the dead five minutes after the crucifixion, we wouldn't have appreciated it. If God had raised Christ from the dead, okay, he dies on the cross. It is finished. He dies, and boom, he's alive again. Yeah, he died. But we wouldn't have really felt the full force of God's power. You see, Christ submitted to his Father, died, experienced death, experienced the grave, and death had its day so that he could defeat death for all eternity. You see, if God solved all your problems right after they appeared, I mean, if one minute after your problem appeared, God solved it, you wouldn't even pray. You wouldn't depend on God. You wouldn't seek God. You wouldn't understand how much he loves you and how powerful he is because first, We've got to come to the end of ourselves and we've got to feel the full force of our weakness so that we can feel the full force of God's strength and he gets all the credit in our lives and we develop that relationship with the God who made us and we experience his love and his care for every detail of our lives. I mean, if God solved all your problems one minute after they appeared, you would never learn how much God loves you. You would never Experience him because in the silent Saturdays, we experience God in such a powerful way. But then when he comes through on those resurrection Sundays, we know that it's all God. In the silent Saturday, we come to the end of ourselves, and we know that we can't fix it, that we can't do it, that we can't earn it, we can't deserve it. We might be able to put a few spices on it, but we can't raise the dead. We can't change the situation. We can't fix the problem we can't break through that barrier but God can and we see God come through and we come face to face with the full power of our glorious God and how much he loves us and how much he fights for us but until you come to the end of your fight he can't fight for you it's in the tomb of our silent Saturdays where we stop fighting and we come to the place of acceptance. God, I can't do it, so if you want to, it's gotta be you. I trust you that you know what's best. And we give up, we give it over to him, and you stop fighting. I love Second Chronicles 2015, when the armies of Israel's enemies had gathered to overwhelm them. 
God says this. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle's not yours, but God's. And maybe God wanted to say that to you today. Don't be overwhelmed by this vast problem that's coming against you that you are totally incapable of handling and breaking through because God's on your side. And God's got you. And the battle's not yours. If you'll stop fighting and you'll give it over to him, he will fight for you. And he will make a way. And just know this, it's Silent Saturday, but Celebration Sunday's only one sunrise away. And God will get you there. He'll fight for you. So you rest, you relinquish, but then you've got to receive. You've got to open your heart, open your eyes, open your arms to receive. Not that we deserve, but that we have to receive the blessings of God when they come. Look at John 19, 30. Jesus on the cross, as he was just about to die, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. He didn't say, I am finished. Like, it's over, I'm over, I'm dead, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. What was it? It was his purpose for coming to this earth. His purpose was to take on himself all of my shame and sin and guilt so that I could have forgiveness and so that I could have heaven one day, so that his perfect blood could wash away all my sins. So all I have to do is receive it. Now, isn't it amazing that on Friday night, it was finished. The victory was already won. He had already defeated Satan. The victory was already won. He had already taken our sins upon his body so that we could have a place in heaven one day. He had already won the victory on Friday, but on Saturday, the Christ followers were so depressed and so discouraged because they thought it was all over. When in fact, they thought they had lost forever when in fact they had won forever. He had won it all. It was done. It is finished. And in your silent Saturdays, Open your arms wide, your heart wide to receive because you've already won the victory. Christ has already won it for you. You just can't see it yet. But it's already won because every place you step your foot, he's already given to you, but you gotta step your foot there. You gotta set your foot there. You gotta take that step of faith, but it's already yours. He he has already won it all for you, and the resurrection just proved that he'd already won the victory. The resurrection just proved who he is, that he is who he says he is. The resurrection is essential, of course. It affirms that what he did on that cross is true, that the victory is won. And so when you're on a silent Saturday, just know this, you've already won. Just because you haven't seen Celebration Sunday yet, that's okay, it's coming, it's coming. But you're already victorious. You're already in victory in Jesus Christ. He's already given you that victory, and you can celebrate in your heart because even though you haven't seen it yet, it's coming. It's already done in his eyes. It's already done, and all you have to do is receive it. Open your heart and receive what he has done for you. Keep that heart open. Don't miss the blessing. And then the fourth thing is rejoice. Rejoice. 
In Psalm 126, five and six, I read this to you last weekend. It says, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. And so maybe you're in a season of tears right now. You just keep planting and keep your arms and your heart open to receive what God has for you during this season, this silent Saturday. And maybe it's a season of weeping, but those tears are watering the harvest that you're about to reap. Because when you go out in tears, you come back singing. It might be silent Saturday, but singing Sunday is on the way, and you're going to be singing. You may be crying right now and weeping and hurting, and that's where God has you in the grieving process. But just know this, singing is coming. The harvest is coming. So you keep planting with your arms and your heart wide open to receive all that God has for you. The victory's already won. You just haven't seen it yet. Look at Revelation 1, 17 and 18. Jesus speaks directly to us and he says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead, but now I am alive forever and I have the keys of death and hell. Praise God that he has the keys. When he rose from the dead, he claimed the keys. When he died on that cross, he claimed the keys. When he laid dead for that full day, resurrection had already started. He was taking the keys to death and to hell, and he has the keys to set the captives free. It was silent Saturday. And for most of the disciples, it was a sorrowful Saturday. It was a sickening Saturday. They had this sick feeling in the pit of their stomach as they were in shock and despair over how it had all ended so quickly. You see, they just didn't know. They didn't know on that silent Saturday that Celebration Sunday was just one sunrise away. It was silent Saturday. It was silent Saturday. And for Simon Peter, it was shameful Saturday. He was hiding in shame all day for denying that he even knew Jesus. When he had just, not long before that, told Jesus that he would die for him, that he would follow him to the ends of the earth, and Jesus had earlier told him that, Simon, you're gonna be the rock upon which I built this church, build the church. But he was anything but a rock. The rock crumbled. Simon Peter was certain there was no coming back from his monumental failure. That's because Simon Peter didn't realize that it was Silent Saturday. It was Silent Saturday, but Celebration Sunday was just one sunrise away. It was Silent Saturday, and the Pharisees, they were still scheming. You see, the only other place that talks about that Saturday was that the Pharisees went to Pilate to make sure that he put a guard in front of the tomb. They were still worried about Jesus. They were still restless on the day of rest. They were still scheming and plotting, saying, please put a guard in front of the tomb because this man said that he would rise from the dead. See, they remembered it. The disciples missed it. And so we want to make sure that no one steals his body. We want to make sure that this ends right here. But they didn't know that it was Silent Saturday. 
They didn't know it was Silent Saturday and that Resurrection Sunday was just one sunrise away and no scheming of man and no strength of a million guards could keep the Son of God in the tomb. Death had its day, but Jesus would have eternity. It was a silent Saturday. And Satan and his demons were the only ones shouting. They celebrated evil's apparent triumph, but their celebration was short-lived. Satan's celebration Saturday turned into a silent Sunday as our Savior rose again and silenced Satan's shouts. He rose again and silenced the grave. He rose again and silenced death's toll. He silenced hell itself and he took hold of the keys to death and hell and set the captives free. And maybe it's Silent Saturday in your life. What you don't know is, it's just Silent Saturday. And Celebration Sunday is just one sunrise away. So don't you dare give up. Don't give in. Give it over to him. Give it over to the one who defeated death, who defeated hell, who defeated the grave, and he holds the keys to freedom, the keys of grace, the keys of purpose. He holds them in his hand and he says, little one, I give you the keys to the kingdom. I want us to bow our heads right now because I know so many of you are in a silent Saturday. And God has you there and you're struggling with it. You're fighting God right now, and I know I've been there many times, fighting God and fighting for control and fighting to fix it. And he says to you today, just rest. Rest because I will never leave you alone in your silent Saturday. I'm right here. You can rest in my presence. You can rest in my purpose. And then just relinquish it all to me because I know what's best for you. And then receive because I can resurrect it. He says to you today, I specialize in turning crucifixions into resurrections. It's just silent Saturday, but resurrection Sunday is one sunrise away. And if you can't hold on today, just let him hold you, because he'll never let you go. Because rejoicing is coming. He knows every tear, he counts every tear that you shed. Those tears are precious to him. And those tears are watering the harvest that you're going to reap as you come singing on your celebration Sunday. Lord God, we come before you today, and I just ask you right now to make your presence so felt in the lives of everyone within the sound of my voice. Lord, you know what their needs are, and you know what the hurt is. You know what the problem is. You know what the pain is. Let them know, Lord that you know, and I know you're doing that right now. Lord, as so many are wondering, how, how did Pastor Kerry know what I needed today? And Lord, I, I didn't, but you did. You know everything we're going through. And let them know, Lord, not only do you know, but you care. You care about it, and you hurt, and your heart breaks with them. And not only do you know and do you care, but Lord, you have the power to do something about it because... You defeated death and hell in the grave. And I pray that you would just, right now, work miracles. 
Help us rest in you and let you do what you want, but help us receive, Lord, all that you have for us. As we thank you, Lord, as we rejoice that Celebration Sunday is coming, as we experience all that you have for us in a season of blessing, and we give you all the credit for your glory and your kingdom. And I pray for those, Lord, who've never received you, that they would open their hearts right now and their arms to you and say silently to you, dear Jesus Christ, thank you for dying on the cross and thank you for defeating death and thank you for taking all my sins. I receive your free gift of forgiveness and ask you to come into my life. I receive you into my life and ask you to be the Lord of my life. And I thank you, Lord, for making a place in heaven for me. I accept that and receive that and I ask you to be the Lord of my life from now on. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. On this Palm Sunday, and you can always remember that you received him on Palm Sunday, and he'll never leave you, never forsake you. You just gotta grow in your faith. And one of the ways to grow is invite a friend to Easter. Invite a friend and, and really share the good news. Share the gift that you have, the blessing that you have. Now we're at the point of our service where we give back to God. And how do we give, Woodland Church? We don't pass the offering basket. We take out our smartphones. And you take out your smartphone right now. And by the way, all the sermon notes are there in the Woodland Church app. And the bulletins in the app, all these things are right there in the app. And you ought to check that out. But take out your smartphone right now. And you can just text the word GIVEWC to 77977. And that's how you can give right there on your smartphone through our PushPay app. Text give WC, it has to be one word, give WC to 77977. And, and you can give and you can set up recurrent giving or you can go to wc.org slash give. You know, those of you at home on your computer, you can do that, wc.org slash give and you can set it up there. Or you can turn it in on your way out at one of the offering baskets on the way out. Or you can mail in your check. It doesn't matter, but the key is make it a consistent habit, a spiritual habit. The three spiritual habits of every successful Christian. I don't, I don't know any Christ follower who is really growing in Christ that doesn't have these three habits in their life. First, a daily time with God. The habit of a daily time with God. And it's just a habit. And then secondly, the habit of being in a weekly gathering and a life group, which is really fellowship. It's so important, that connection. And third, the habit of a weekly tithe, putting God first in giving. Those are habits that will change your life. Your habits really determine your character, and your character determines your destiny. So make it a habit in your life. And I praise God for our ministries and our missions. God's doing amazing things as we're stepping out in faith, meeting needs. And I just want to remind you, Friday night, our Easter services start. The presentation this year is called The Greatest Story Ever Told, and as always, it's gonna be so creative, so moving, so powerful. But if you'd get a friend here, I'm telling you, I promise you, they will know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ before they leave. And I believe God can change their life. Get a friend here at one of our campuses. And Friday night, it starts at 7 p.m., and all the services are the same, except Friday night, we're gonna add communion. And if you're a regular attender, I really encourage you to be here on Friday night. Come Friday night. It's gonna be packed out. It's gonna be amazing. It's 7 p.m. And then Saturday, 5 and 7 p.m. 
And then Sunday morning, we're gonna have our sunrise service at seven. Sunrise is like 7.07 this year, and so it's gonna be a seven o'clock sunrise service, and two years ago, we had over 800 people at the sunrise service. It's gonna be out here by the cross fountain and all the chairs set up, the full stage. It's just a powerful service, and it's gonna be amazing. And then at 9.30 in the auditoriums, 11.30 and 1.30. And we'll also have a traditional service in the chapel at 9. And so you pick one to come to, pick one to serve. Our children's team and preschool team are out there and welcome team. We want you to get signed up to serve. Just serve and just all you have to do is just be there for the kids. We've got great teachers and, and leaders, but just be there to help out and they'll be out there. Sign up, serve and celebrate, serve and celebrate, serve and celebrate. We need every one of you guys to serve. And so I hope you'll come to one of the earlier services. And by the way, every service, we're gonna have an outdoor venue as well. So if someone doesn't feel safe inside the auditorium, which it's really safe in the auditorium, as, I mean, as we can make it, and it's, um, we have the HEPA filters, and we've got this particulate that, you know, that, that does kill viruses and all these things that we have here that make this almost like it's outdoors in this auditorium. But, but if you don't feel safe in here, then outside we're going to have the big screen stage. We're going to have greeters out there and seats. And, and every service that's inside, you can choose to experience it outside if you want to do that. Um, but make sure you put a priority on Easter. It's going to be awesome. And Friday night, we're gonna do our communion at the end of the service, but don't miss it. God's up to something big and something huge is starting this Easter. He's already started it, but it'll just start revealing it in a powerful way. Don't miss it. And we're praying for you. Just know this, Woodland Church, love is on the way. Open your heart, love is on the way. For some of you, you've closed down your heart and it's time to open your heart again, love is on the way. For some of you, you stop dreaming, it's time to start dreaming again. Love is on the way. For some of you, you've stopped hoping. It's time to start hoping again. For some of you, it's time to open your heart and love again. Love is on the way. Let's stand together. Our team has written another beautiful song, Woodland's worship song, called Love is on the Way. And we said that when you begin to praise God before it happens, we're gonna rejoice when God comes through, that's gratitude, but let's rejoice right now. Let's praise him right now because if you're in a silent Saturday, it's so important in faith to sing. Let's sing, love is on the way. It's so important to open your heart because when you've been hurt, you wanna close your heart down. When you're going through a silent Saturday, you wanna shut the doors and close your heart down, but you've gotta open your heart and trust because love is on the way. Don't miss it. Love is on the way. Let's sing it together. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.